Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Believe SoCal Sweat. Today, we're going to be talking about the problems that face the Latino community. According to ABC News, the six issues that face the Latino community are employment, housing, education, health, criminal justice, and voting rights. Pair that with religious and cultural beliefs, and there are some real issues. Well, today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Gonzalo Peña of the Eno Latino Podcast Network. He is also an opera singer, and his full, deep voice comes with a very full heart as well. His podcast brings success to Latino communities through innovation, leadership, and diversity. And here is Gonzalo Peña of the Eno Latino Podcast. Good afternoon, Gonzalo Peña from Utah. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you very much for having me here. Gonzalo has a podcast and he has risen to just have such wonderful messages for his Latino community. And he has the podcast, Eno Latino, which innovates with leadership and diversity. How did you come about to start the podcast? Thank you. So I noticed that in my culture, we are very uh, creative and we very and we are very resourceful. And yet, uh, sometimes we resist new ideas just because we are strong on tradition. And some of these traditions are good, but I thought that uh, something I, I could do for my people was invite them to adopt innovation in this life. And when they, and, and some people, when they hear the word innovation, they equal it to technology and doesn't have to be, you know, it, it can be, new ways of doing things that you've been accustomed to, you know? And I thought that if we adopt that as, as people, uh, it's a win-win. It is. And even, even the fact that you say innovate with even the food sources, that yeah. could be something that's scary. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to eat like a plant-based diet or even though that's just going to help me. Um, we had spoken before we did the podcast and how has the pandemic specifically affected the Hispanic community? So the lower strata of the, of the community uh, have taken the brunt of the, of the pandemic just because they greatly do, at least in the state, um, manual labor. They don't have you know, paid vacation or anything like that. So they just have to venture and go outside and and they've been, they haven't been able to quarantine properly. Others simply don't believe in quarantining. And that's something that of the and it has to do more with politics than anything else, especially in the Venezuelan community. Oh, sure. But uh, the, the greatest challenge has been unemployment because of the pandemic. 
and being exposed to a, to to COVID because of it as well. Absolutely. And do you feel that the the healthcare is available is readily available to a lot of the Hispanic community? Do you think they have fear of going in or or just not being able to afford things? That is a constant in the lower strata, especially with illegal illegal immigrants. Uh, it's a lot cheaper to go to a, an emergency room and taking. Well, actually, it's a lot more expensive <laughs> to go to an emergency room, mm -hmm. but they don't have access to insurance in a lot of locations. I'm talking specifically about the uh, illegal uh, immigration here. Um, and on the, on the other hand, to be positive, uh, the steps that the current go governor has, has taken to address the situation with Latino community I think it's a step in the right uh, direction. What has he done? So they realized that the people in the state that are being more affected were not only the uh, older Caucasians, but also the Latino and the Polynesians. So they put um, vaccination points and um, uh, test points on uh, populations that are highly have a high concentration of Latino people. Okay. And that has helped uh, mitigate the effects. Um, at the beginning, the, the coordination wasn't that well, that, that good, but I th I've seen a lot of improvement. I was able to uh, get a, a vaccination appointment in a matter of five minutes. And then when I got there, I, it was a matter of waiting literally seven minutes and then getting my shot okay. and then waiting for, for results. But you also have the know-how, the technology, You're, you went to school, you have all of that, whereas other people are not able to do. Well, the, the great barrier is language. You know, yeah. So uh, before coming to the States, I did speak English and that made a whole lot of difference. And I came here yeah. as a student. You know. yeah. um, and in my particular a congregation uh, in which I'm one, one of the leaders. My wife and I, for quite a while, were the only ones who knew how to use a computer. So that that, that was very interesting because there's a lot of the digital information that, it, that has not been produced in any other way. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, that, that meant that we really had to you know, get getting top of, on top of the info and translate it into uh, analog to to sure. the rest of and my just people. Probably create print print catalogs just with yeah. everything in Spanish catalogs, yeah. brochures, yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. Having say that, um, Latino people uh, with their phones are very savvy, and they use um, communication uh, applications like WhatsApp. Then sure. that has become. Uh, mainstream in a lot of areas. They're oh, very active in so, on social media as well. Wonderful. And that's something that the markets haven't picked up on fully. It's a, it's a, it's a very well-guarded secret, you know, but we have more and more purchasing power these days. And, Absolutely. You know, it, I think that's mm -hmm. a, a piece of golden knowledge because if you said that there are, everyone's on WhatsApp and that's kind of the form of communication, there's a lot of community groups on there. So there could be someone coming in on teaching healthcare and proper things to do on those groups within WhatsApp. 
I mean, are there has that been done? In at the grassroots levels, yes. From the state has been pretty much the regular channels of you know printing brochures and yeah. air, you know billboards and every now and then radio announcements here in Utah. Still, the Latino community listens to a, a lot of radio, to be honest, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and uh, that's the along with the the TV Spanish channels. They sure. become the the strongest uh, point of contact with right. with the latino people yeah. if there's such huge buying power i would think that more people would get on whatsapp as far as people that have companies or people that are trying to spread a message to help hispanics i just that's a brilliant thank tip you. That you gave it, it has to do also with uh apps like whatsapp you need to find the right group of influencers as well because it's right. all about the network you know sure. and and you need to find a, a good group that is well interconnected so that the information is disseminated properly yeah. as well. That would be a huge job for someone. And I think that's, yep. <laughs> that's amazing. I know that the City of Hope, um, I have a friend who works for that, that cancer center in Los Angeles. And she had said, she was a nurse there. And she said, we need more printed materials for the Hispanic community. And because they didn't think that there was expendable or enough income, they didn't, they didn't go ahead and do it. And she took herself to FedEx Kinko's and printed a bunch of stuff and drove through the neighborhoods. It's like, do we not care because there, there's not enough buying power or it was disgusting to hear. You know, and the, what you just said is very important. It, sometimes all we need is someone who cares, you know? yeah. someone who becomes a, a link between the, the Latino community and the mainstream communities, so whether it's white or black or uh, from any sure. other group. And it's someone who is willing uh, to take a look like, oh, I guess these people exist mm -hmm. and they have needs and maybe I can make a difference there. And sure. um, actually, if the people who do that realize that they can get a lot of benefit from the Latino people as well. We are not, um, we are not leeches, yeah. And no. we, we, we can provide great value to society. You know? Very <laughs> great value and tremendous value and beyond. Um, it's very interesting because you you grew up in Caracas, Venezuela, correct? Correct. Yes. And you're an opera singer, which is just so <laughs> amazing. He, Thank you. Gonzalo went to Seton Hall, and he was in the opera and the orchestra. And it just are are you a tenor or a deep bass or? Uh, I'm a baritone. <laughs> baritone. Oh my yeah. goodness! Can you give us a little? Non piendrai farfalore amoroso, notte giorno di torno girando. That's it. <laughs> oh my God, gorgeous. I, such respect. I, even for acapella, I grew up in a Russian Orthodox church and I'm a yeah. singer and it's all acapella. So I just have yes. some appreciation and what a gorgeous, rich voice. I just love you for that. Oh, we need you. In the, you. We need you in the Russian choir. Would, would you you know, um, so my, my dad is a choir director and I studied 12 years of music and I have such a great appreciation for the Russian choral tradition. Yeah. I, I love it, especially the, the Russian basses, you know, and well, the Russian uh, Orthodox Church writes on a lot of occasions, basses are the ones leading the vote and uh, it's amazing. Very much so. It's amazing. And we just had our Easter this past weekend. Yes, that's Easter. right. Happy yeah. Easter. <laughs> I mean, I just thank you so much. And I just walking into the church, I mean, just the first note that I start to sing, I just brings tears to my eyes because it's so haunting and melodic and I love the harmonies and it's just with everything blending. And my mom's also the choir director. 
Oh, lovely. Yeah, we come from, <laughs> we come from good stock. But you seem to have grown up with privilege, and but you take that privilege to a to an elevated level. You don't use it. You don't use it to abuse it. You use it with appreciation to to launch other people. And did you grow up with your family always teaching that? Yes. So um, it's interesting that you mentioned it. Good. I had to have to recognize that no, I have been privileged. I, I grew up in a very stable home. I was taught very good principles through a religion, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that has provided a, a very strong stability in my life. You know? And uh, that has made all the difference. You know, my, I, I saw, I have a dad who was at home, you know, that had a, I had a fa father figure, a strong fa father figure. I was taught very good principles and my parents valued um, the education uh, very much. You know? So uh, when they sent me to, to school here, I, I knew that I, I was gonna get my undergrad and then my master's degree, you know? and I, they helped me set my, my sights high. Sure. You know? And I, you know, I, I, I stupidly, I don't mean to be ignorant, I assumed you were Catholic. So you are Latter-day okay. It's okay. Mo most of my family is Roman Catholic, to be honest. Okay. So I'm, I'm, not an, I'm not offended because of that. I have, uh, I still feel an affinity with it, despite the fact that I've never been a Roman Catholic. It's okay. Sure. <laughs> well, that's so interesting because that was one of my questions. I was, I was going to ask you how being a Hispanic in, around Latter-day Saints and, and Mormons, if you're, how that's a different culture, but you were in that culture. So yeah. So. Amazing. Thank you. My family, my parents were one of the first families that getting baptized in Venezuela in the, in the church. And um, when I, well, that's one of the reasons why I ended up in Utah, all of or uh, places here in the U.S. When I was living in Jersey, people told me, "Well, what made you come from Venezuela to Utah?" You know? And it's a matter it's of very you know, surprising. Yeah. yeah, and I'm one of the ignorant ones. I'm like, really. Um, yeah. yeah. How, again, <laughs> assumptions. Okay. Don't judge a book by its oh, cover. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not yeah. offended. It's. Uh, I had a a lot of friends who had been missionaries like me in Venezuela, yeah. and uh, and being here uh, with friends and my sister lived here lives here as well. So that helps a lot. There are other immigrants sure. who are here by by themselves, you know, and they don't even know the language. So okay. so when you say that, I do recognize. Um, my my privilege, and I'm grateful for it. And just like you you're saying, what we need to do is actually uh, use it to bless other people's lives, if you will. Sure. So I mean, and I'm very familiar with the LDS principles too, with the tithing. Oh, thank you. Really? So if you, absolutely. So if you um you probably tithe everything, and then that does it stay within the church, or to go to the other community members, or is that do you so, try to get it to the outskirts of the Hispanic community? So the we have two great principles. One is tithing. The other one is fast offerings. So the fast offerings, uh, we uh, the equivalent of of the food that we would have eaten during fasting, we we donate it to to the poor, to be honest. And that's administrated by a bishop, which is kind of like the equivalent of a parishioner. Um, Tithing pretty much goes to the church. However, uh, our our priests uh, don't are laymen. You know, we we don't get paid for uh, to 
to exercise our, our priesthood pretty much. Okay. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the issues among the Hispanic community, especially with mental health, um, I was reading an article on, and it's kind of the same in my church, you know, the, the Roman Catholics, which, which is similar to mm -hmm. what his, most Hispanics are. And for me, Russian Orthodox, it's, they're both strong traditional principles. So it's like, if you have a problem, well, you need to pray about it. And you, yes. don't, really, you don't really bring up, you know, you don't, you don't really do any mental health services. And, you know, all you need to do is pray and you just need to like fast more or go to church more. And how, how does that affect, like, if you were to go in and speak to the people, do you ever feel as if maybe you're being judged? Well, you don't know, Gonzalo, because you're LDS, you're not one of us. Like, do you ever feel that? Well, I, it's, it's okay. And that happens in my church as well. You know? sure. Because when you're mm, committing in some sort of faith, unfortunately, there are some people that uh, assume that if something bad happens to you, it's because you're not being faithful enough, which is illogical. It has no basis yeah. whatsoever. So um, on the other hand, uh, the issue of mental health is still... Uh, you know, a stigma, a taboo that is rarely treated. So, uh, especially with men, we, we don't like to talk about our, uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. We need to to be strong. We uh, put a put a, a brave face, you know. And los hombres no lloran, men men don't cry. And uh, to be honest, uh, it it's it doesn't help anyone. So, in in '98 was the first time I experienced anxiety and depression and. And I had to learn to to accept myself with that, you know, and that it's not the end of the world, to be honest, you know, that and uh, that it just because I'm I'm going through days that might not be good doesn't mean that I'm a bad person, you know, and and it helps me also uh, being more sensitive towards those who are going through the same problem, you know. When I lived in, in Jersey, there were uh, there was a gentleman I remember whose wife was suffering of anxiety and depression, and she didn't feel like coming to church. And I, he was uh, making a comment like, "Well, I told her that you know if we come to church, all the all of those problems are going to go away." And and I had to say, you know, brother, actually, it doesn't mean that. The problems are going to go away. You you can have relief. You know, faith in, in Christ can help you. Uh, you know, be uplifted, but it doesn't mean that your pro problems are going to disappear. You know? And it doesn't mean that because she's not going to church, she's having anxiety and depression. That that's false. You know, oh. and and as I hope that um, if someone's listening out there, if if you know anyone who's going through uh, rough times emotionally, please be. A, a listening ear more than anything you know? and Absolutely. sometimes it's going to be hard for them to to express what they're feeling uh sometimes they're going to get offended when you're trying to approach and please don't take it personal it's mm -hmm. uh, depression is an illness you know it really is and um, it can change your reality you know? for sure how did he take that coming from you was he offended like no you you don't know or was he actually kind of relieved because it was another male saying that? It is hard to tell. He was from an older generation. So I think that at first he was a bit defensive, like how dare he question my um, my judgment. Boy, but he, yeah. but he, I know he was listening and, and I take comfort in that. You know? 
That's great. And plus you're a community leader in your, within your church, correct? Well, so what is it? Uh, the equivalent of, equivalent of like a parish in, in our church, we call it a, a ward. And there is a, the bishop and counselors and two counselors. You know, I'm one of those counselors for now. Oh, yeah. people can kind of swap swap off. For exactly. Reasons. Well, and it's not always, the, it doesn't have, always have to be the same person, you know. With, Are with women the, allowed? To women have uh, service capacity and leadership capacities, not as priests, uh, not as priests. However, um, with the, there are many opportunities of service. We see uh, priesthood as pretty much as service, you know? sure. and and women that do have that that opportunity. Um, I do not know exactly and why women do not hold uh, priesthood leadership positions in in our church. Uh, I don't know yet, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that um, starting with my mom through you know, many other examples uh, of women have helped me become a better priest because of their example, so. For sure, that's great. Well, it's the same in my church. You don't mm -hmm. see you, a woman, a girl can't even, I couldn't even go near the, near the like the, the stair altar. behind, oh. yeah, the altar. I can't approach even, mm -hmm. even, and I've always, I've always been one of those like break the rules. What if I put my, what if I put my foot on this and I try to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not there. <laughs> and my, my family's like, geez, could you just absolutely. <laughs> I always got to like sit down and be quiet. I was I always had to sit down and be quiet. Well, now I now I have a voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but I, I greatly I greatly respect it. Um, what does your wife do for a living? She, in fact, works in the offices of, of the of our church. You know. Okay. And and uh, she some because we're we're a global church. Uh, some we we really value the the feedback of of the members worldwide and there are if there are programs to be implemented or ways to uh, help uh, other people there's some research that needs to take place so we know what's working and what's not and she uh, is part of the research department and oh, she that's leads uh, research teams and do you have children we have two beautiful daughters oh <laughs> how old are they 11 and 8 Okay, those are some hard ages. Oh my yeah. goodness! But yeah. you're, you're actually, sure. I'm sorry, uh, Adriana, the eldest, just turned twelve. Oh, happy birthday to her! Yeah, even even a worse age. But it's it seems like you guys are very approachable. So if your daughters, especially girls, right now, and as a father, I can't imagine with Instagram and social media and everything else. How do you deal with everything as far as well? Uh, some people might see us as archaic parents but we uh, we only have devices that for the girls that you know allow you to to talk on the phone and text okay and and to a limited group of people you know um i think they're too young still for to be uh, you know in inside the social media machine <laughs> yeah it's a thing i love to to deal with and yes. and right now the, they're happy and we, we still share social media as a family and, and we they know what Facebook is, they know what Instagram is yeah. and what, well, I don't know if they, they know Twitter that much, but uh, 
I guess I'm not ready to have my daughters. No, it's really good. And do they feel, do they get negative feedback from peers at school? Because Fortunately, not yet. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And I can't even imagine, I mean, even myself, like I, if I, if I go in, if I post on social media, I tell myself, get off there because as an actress and a model, um, it's very hard to not be competitive. And I'm always happy for my friends, but I'm competitive, of course. And it's yeah. a hard market. And um, I, I have, I shattered my leg and my arm oh my. last year on a film set. So I have been rehabbing. I'm still not better. So oh, when sorry. I look at social media and then it's like, even someone's running, I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I, and of course I'm happy for them running. And when people are, are laughing, are outside like biking and having a happy time, I, I hate them. Oh. <laughs> no, you don't hate them. I'm so glad that you're biking in, in, the, in the happy sunshine. Good for you guys. But it can be frustrating. I mean, it's yes. very frustrating. And as an athlete, it's just, I feel like I want to tear my skin off. It's, it's so difficult. And I have never um, been more close to mental health issues in my life because I never thought I would get down. Or to me, it's always been mind over matter. Oh, mental toughness, especially growing oh. up, you know, Russian, yeah. German, that Eastern European blood, you just buck you up deal with a backup, you know, <laughs> I'll give you something really to cry about, you know, not, just that kind of thing. Yeah. Like when my father broke his, broke his hand, he's a, um, you know, he's a huge football player. He, his dad said, he came home from practice and he's like, dad, I don't think I can, I can play for the rest of the season. I, I broke my hand on my wrist. And his father said, my grandfather said, well, go get the hammer. We'll just cut it off then. And then you can play. So it was like, okay. and my dad's like, <laughs> despite him, he got all American that year and then full college scholarship. And he did it on a broken hand and wrist. He's like, no, I'm going to spite my father. So that's the way it is in our okay, family. Okay, there so you it, go. I have been struggling and to even admit that is difficult. And um, I feel like even every day, like my breath is in my chest where it should be in the diaphragm, especially as an opera singer, as singers, yeah. we know the breath should be coming from like deep breathing. But it's like when you're panicking, it's kind of up here and it's mm -hmm. scary. And how do you deal with your own anxiety? What do you, do you do like the three, two, one rule or do you do the box well, like Navy SEALs? Uh, you, yeah, you got it. I, I learned from, I think they call it uh, square breathing, you know, uh, yeah, box, breathing. Uh, box bre breathing, you know, so I, I've I applied it. I've always applied it. And uh, since I learned of it, of course, and then I told my, my younger daughters, my, my daughters as well uh about it and um you know as a singer also you learn about expanding your diaphragm your diaphragm and your abdomen to mm -hmm. to be filled and uh and slowing your um, your uh, breathing and there are other unhealthy ways that a couple of times uh, i i've dealt with it like a couple of weeks ago i had a uh, an anxiety attack and the way that I dealt with it because I didn't want to tell my wife and my girls because I didn't want to make them feel bad. Sure. I had a root beer float, <laughs> to be honest. Perfect. Yeah. Something that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit, it did make me feel better. It calmed me down. You sure. Know? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I heard um, something the other day where it's like, if you're if you're down, just do something every day that makes you happy. And sometimes I think when we're drivers and we need to like just keep prowling ahead, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time to make myself happy. I need to work on this, I need to work on this. And, and that's sad, isn't it? It is, it's <laughs> so sad. And I'm just like, someone told me yesterday, well, of course I should make myself happy. 
I only live once. So yeah, I made myself some ice cream um, in my, and, but of course to me, I'm so disciplined. It had to be anabolic protein ice cream. It couldn't just be normal ice cream. <laughs> no, the thing is, I, since I can't work out, I'm like, well, you're watching your, you're watching your diet because I got very carb heavy in the beginning. And I'm like, Oh no, you know? No. So yeah, but I'm glad just that simple gesture of a rope your float. And yeah. I think also you probably don't drink, correct? Uh, that's right. I don't, okay. I don't drink. Um, sure. Something that I discovered during the pandemic is actually uh, a program of yoga for men. And, you know, I love lifting. I love doing CrossFit. I love, I love, you know, punching the, mm -hmm. the the bag. Anger management. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Very cathartic. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but the the only thing that has helped me, you know, reduce my weight and keep it off in the last eight years has been yoga. And uh, I see yoga as an exercise. Now, to me, it's not relaxing. To me, it's an exercise. So at least the yeah. program that I'm following following but i've lost two sizes so far and, oh my gosh and well i let's try to keep it up you know but that, but must, it's be amazing. The, that must be the fast is it vinyasa where it's fast? vinyasa most of the okay. time okay. and uh, i'm well dean Pullman's program is called man flow yoga and he has tons of uh youtube videos and uh, well he he's become an influencer as well and uh, he combines strength training with uh pilates yep and and vinyasa yoga mostly so that's what i've done and uh it's helped me a lot to be honest it's i didn't think it would yoga man flow that's amazing well that what a great tip that you gave people but i mean even even looking at you i would be like just looking at you walking across the street i'd be like he to know that you are lds that you're opera and that you do man flow yoga it's just in incredible. And again, Thank it's you. assumptions because can you just describe the machismo aspect of the Hispanic community? Because that, that you've got to be so comfortable in your own skin to even mm. approach men, I would think, but you're secure with yourself. <laughs> Thank you. So the, the machismo thing, it's something that needs to be eradicated. And, and uh, in my message, I usually try to think is part of it is what, what we discussed, like men don't cry. You know? And uh, in some societies, not every Latino society, is that women are not supposed to take charge of certain roles of leadership. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yet in Venezuela, I never saw that because uh, we uh, professionally, women have been, you know, promoted to high okay. high positions, you know. So I I was never used to that sort of treatment toward women and my mom my dad I always treated my mom you know, very dearly and for the it was when I arrived to the states when I heard people saying something like women were stupid or something like that are you kidding me do you have a mother or something that would like uh and uh, and uh, where whereas those assumptions are not generally made in in Latino communities right um the assumption that women are not supposed sometimes to be in roles other than be the nurturing the the, yeah the, the mother you know the one who cooks creator all the time yeah um, the the one who cooks the one who takes yeah. care of the children it's and it, it's it's very embedded to the point that it's 
you know, automatic. Like even even in other congregations that have been, it's like, well, we have a celebration. Okay, the women are gonna cook the, for us. I'm like, well, well, you know, we can we can cook too. Come on, yeah. Yeah, like, and and it's you know these things are uh, cultural. Then doesn't yeah. have to be uh, religious principles. It's just a matter of sometimes setting a better example and telling people, you know, this is my wife. She's a brilliant woman. She's professional and she's accomplished and and she's a very righteous person. So and she can do more than just be in the kitchen. Yes, exactly. That's incredible. <laughs> well, especially with Hispanics. Like I have a lot of girlfriends, um, even in the in the film and television business that are Hispanic, where they have felt pressure to have get married and have kids. And they're like, well, first of all, and, and I don't mean to be shallow here, but they're like, no, we don't want to ruin our bodies because this is kind of part of our package. Mm -hmm. And also I don't want to marry Hispanic and I don't want to do these traditions, but they get that pressure from their family big time. Yeah, it happens. And, uh, you know, I understand, um, you know, models, uh, fitness, uh, influencers, trainers, the, that's a, uh, that's a layer that most of the people don't have to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and judging people just because they're not having children can it can be very painful. You know? And you don't know that person's reality. You don't know mm -hmm. that person's life and values or what they're going through. So uh, if anyone out there is listening, just be considerate, man. And you Absolutely. don't know that person and you don't know that person will uh, you, you have no right to judge him because he or she are not having children at the moment. Absolutely. And maybe they're in vitro. They're trying their third in vitro. Yeah, exactly. And then you're saying, why don't you want kids? And that would just, yeah, I cannot stand mm -hmm. bullying and mean things like that. I've had some friends, um, Hispanic girlfriends that because they want to consume a plant-based diet and be very healthy and work out, their family is kind of like, oh, oh, you're white. You're becoming white now. That kind of thing. Well, I've... I'm gonna be honest. I've seen that on TV, and my personal, you know, surroundings, of cultural surroundings, I have not seen that type of pressure. Good. But if I've seen it on TV, it's probably what they're getting, you know, out of uh, out of the street. What what they're the writers are are witnessing, you know. So sure. I, um, I something I haven't touched on is that I deal with tons of allergies, like. Uh, really uh, a ridiculous amount of allergies and I had to adapt my diet um, and uh, to to new things you know unfortunately a lot of those are herbs and the, a lot of things that I'm very allergic to some are some herbs and some veggies so but I still had to find creative ways to adopt um healthy food and ve especially vegetables and herbs mm -hmm. into my into my life These, the vegetable allergies are a real thing and I, I can attest to that like even tomatoes like if there's any kind of a <laughs> yeah i mean what are you allergic to what, what did you well discover? it's funny you mentioned because uh tomato tomatoes and mustard are one of my strongest allergies you know so i've gone on an mustard you're and, allergic to mustard yeah. <gasps> i would die I love peppers and any kind of peppers and that's sad in Venezuela yeah. the green pepper green and, and red bell peppers are are basically 
our the way we see some things with you know? sure absolutely that's a that's a huge bummer for, <laughs> for that for the food but you know inter interestingly enough that you say that i read are, are you a football fan yes in fact uh i released my my video well i i'm not a great great football fan but um I, in my podcast i really released an interview with fernando fiore a legend in the football narration so oh, you mean soccer i'm yeah I'm talking oh, American football. Gonzalo. The other th <laughs> That's great. I'm talking NFL, the real football. The real football? Okay. I'll let you pass. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. Soccer. No. I understand. Total respect, total respect for, for that, for, for the other football. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, on the NFL side, Tom Brady, as, as uh -huh, Tim Brady, the yeah. GOAT, I read his book several times, The TV 12 Method, which is all about his regimen oh, and his mm -hmm. diet. Well, the, the one thing he does not eat, well, first of all, he's regimented because you cannot get that good unless you're, you know, oh, yeah. the, the rules are fascinating. It would be a good book for you to pick up. Um, it's a fast read, but the one thing he d definitely avoids are nightshades, which are peppers. And they're called nightshades because they look like a nightshade. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up and it's like, it's like the capsaicin in there. It can cause a lot of, besides allergies, a lot of other problems. And I'm like, really for peppers, because it's such a healthy and they're so colorful and the more more color that means the more antioxidants mm. and the enriched nutrients and vitamins but i do believe you very much about the tomatoes and the um and the peppers, peppers and, yeah. and so there are pollen-based allergies and i'm getting treat because of that uh, i'm getting treatment uh, and yet i'm looking for other ways to you know reestablish my gut or maybe uh, altering my metabolism to to fight it and the these allergies more effectively so if you know sure. something i'll i'll be more than glad to, yeah. to to know about it i love nutrition and how do you how do you guys prepare what what type of diet do you practice in the home oh so it's very hispanic mm -hmm. yet we've uh um although my my wife is as white as white as they, they come but uh we've tried to uh, cook things that both my girls like and that I can eat. Otherwise, sometimes I we have to do, be do, difficult. Yeah, for, for to different meal. meals, you know. Sure. So um, last night I was cooking and I did a frittata with you know sweet potatoes and and peas you know, and uh, and and onions and hey, it was filling. It, and it was Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did you use corn or or flour tortillas? Um, Venezuelans use uh, mostly corn, you know? okay. and uh, we have uh, instead of tortillas, we have uh, dough. We call it arepas. It's like the uh, Mexican gorditas, you know. Sure. And uh, we fill those up with, you know, like a sandwich, you know, anything. Okay. And and fortunately, I don't. I didn't have notice an allergy towards corn, so that that has oh, helped. <laughs> knock on wood, but sometimes you never know; it'll come come up later. Yeah. Later, as a wheat bread, uh, I've noticed that if I eat, uh, you know, like say two sandwiches, I'm gonna I'm gonna regret it later. <laughs> oh, yeah. so do you have like any kind of Crohn's or celiac? Do you think? I thought it was that was yeah. it, but the gastroenterologist told me, yeah, that's not what I see. Okay. It took ten years later to realize that it was allergies and the way i uh, realized is because i went anaphylactic and oh uh, yes. i've been there it's horrible do you carry an epi pen pretty much i have, okay. I have 
tons of EpiPens, uh, you know, in different places. And I have oh. a, a medical pouch that I carry with me all the time. So. That's wonderful. I look ridiculous, but hey. <laughs> no, you look more ridiculous anaphylactic. Believe me. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, did, I was doing a runway show. I'm very, very allergic to makeup on my skin. Oh, really? I will. So it's like, that's huge. You think you don't need it. <laughs> well, thank you. But it's just, it's, it's all someone did. I was on a run, in a runway show. The makeup artist literally took a swipe of um, a makeup wipe and she rubbed it under my eye because I had some mascara that dripped and um, it was the makeup wipe and my face blew up like a basketball and oh, it, it, it literally started to happen as I was walking with my second round of runway and I'm like I was like oh, you know that feeling it starts to get dry and yeah. you can't swallow and my face was Horrible. like it looked like a basketball it was it was the same texture as the basketball like all raised ridges and it took about a week to come down it oh. was crazy so yeah. i hear you and people are like oh you're not allergic to makeup yes well, i am actually i think i am yes and so <laughs> the only kind i can even use at all is like i order everything from like a like a place that is all vanishing of color and all these things and the cheapest cosmetics like wet and wild from the 99 cent store that's all i can use for actual actual makeup wow the expensive mm. stuff is is too there's perfume in there because it looks beautiful uh -huh. That's where it, that's where it adds up. So yeah. ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, good, good, because I'm a, a total cheapskate anyway. Plus, <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> not my thing. Not my thing. Well, you know, in wrapping this up, I just, I, I, I just think you're such a hero and a leader oh, in the community, and you and you bring so much diversity because you're not just not to say you're not just a Roman Catholic Hispanic. You bring other things to the table, yet you're relatable because you are Hispanic. Also, I do feel because you're from Caracas, Venezuela versus the, um, the American, because I feel like a lot of Americans always assume, oh, you're Mexican. Yeah. No, you're not Mexican <laughs> or, or, Central, or from Puerto Rico, but they don't realize South America, the enriching, and they're all different foods. Yeah, like, there are 17 more nations other than Mexico. Yes. <laughs> and Venezuela is all, it, it, that they don't believe, we don't do, you don't do tacos, you do meats and it's just mm -hmm. different and it's organic and, and it's assumptions. Mm -hmm. So you've got yeah. a lot to, you know, good platforms. Yeah, one of the things I'm, I'm trying to do is actually here in Utah, there's a tech hub, you know, emerging. They call it Silicon Slopes. And I started the Latino chapter of Silicon Slopes to try to integrate Latinos into the, the ecosystem of technology and innovation. And that is a struggle in itself because on the one hand, if you go to the lower strata of the Latino population, you see kids who are brilliant, who can code, and but they prefer playing soccer. And, and those who actually love coding and are good at it, but they have to work to help their families. And in the meantime, the pipeline is not being filled and there are opportunities out there with technology that need to be filled. And there is talent there that is not just not getting there. So I'm trying to do something about it. We'll see how, how things go, how things evolve, but we're working on it. How's that? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, just case in point from the news this morning, I'm sure you've seen that Bill and Melinda Gates got divorced mm -hmm. and they both have huge um, platforms of their own. And I would yes. feel like someone like Melinda Gates may come in and have like big scholarship programs for technology for Hispanics. Um, that might be something to look into. Thank you. I, I, I definitely will look into, into that. Because because I think it's it's a huge responsibility and, and she does has a lot of platforms, but any company in Silicon Valley would be proud and it's a responsibility. Well, first of all, you have to have diversity in these companies, you mm -hmm. have to. But yeah. I do realize just like what you said, then the child feels guilty that he has to work to, to and then he has to stay home and 
help his family. It's a responsibility. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And, and some, sometimes people think that, well, if you're offering uh, a scholarship to a Hispanic or people of color, you know, that, whatever that means, you're being racist against white people. And I'm like, no, if you knew the, the struggles that my people had to go through, you know, and to only be visible, you know, to, to just feel part of society, you, you wouldn't be saying that, you know, it's just uh, sometimes you're tired of being the other, you know, yeah. the, the, the person who is not mainstream, you know, the, yeah. the, the stranger. And, and that's something that I'm trying to let people know that we're part of society, we can contribute, we're, we're productive people. And in fact, probably the food that you're having today has been you know, pick, from, but, yeah, yeah, from, from by, because of the work of Latino people, you know, absolutely, and and not because we have people working there doesn't mean that we can have astronauts, you know, engineers, poets, uh, composers, you know, that's not authors, their only, you know? that's not their only skill, and it's it's an assumption, and yeah, and, exactly, especially mm -hmm. with the essential workers, and and it was mostly Hispanic. I mean, yeah. what are we going to do without? And it was, it was always said like, well, the, well, the garbage men and the janitors, and it's like, we, they can do so, they can do yeah. so much more. It's just. Well, we, it's a matter of, you know, taking, being considerate of other people, you know, and in general, you know, the, 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 the essential workers pretty much kept running the economy of the United States, you mm -hmm. know, and we didn't give enough credit to them. Not at all. And, and uh, you know, it, it's easy to treat people uh, who do manual labor or these essential uh, type of works that uh, they're inferior because, uh, I don't know, because of the, those wages are lower than ours or something like that. Mm -hmm. But we are part of the same and family, if you will. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. We, if we treat each other as decent human beings, we're gonna save ourselves a lot of trouble. Egos get in the way. And it's like, why can't we all come together as a community and make, make an even platform? And because um, like case in point, the, you know, Lori Lachlan, already Caucasian, already wealthy, pays for the kids to go to USC, makes up the rowing videos and all of these things. So where's <laughs> the hope for people? What if, what if, what if, a, a Latina girl wanted to get into the rowing on, on the rowing machine, you know, the rowing team and have that scholarship or something like that. It made me sick. It made me sick and it's embarrassing. And I hate to even say this, like where Caucasians need to step back, but it drives me nuts. And I feel like the white privilege sometimes is, oh, no, oh that, that, or, or, or just ignorance. Oh, that doesn't happen in the, those communities. Um. Like wake up. <laughs> look around you, be knowledgeable. And I don't mean to rip on my own. I mean, I, I'm very proud of who I am, but I also see it as a responsibility. And um, I see my, I, I am lucky to be privileged and I know what I've, what some of the things that I've been able to have easily over yeah. others. And, and thank you for saying that. We need to be grateful for, for those things and be mindful of those around us, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and it's always important to give back, always mm -hmm. give back. And Absolutely. that plus, you know, when you're suffering an anxiety attack or depression, and not, not necessarily an anxiety attack because that's different, but when I'm down on myself, it's like when I do something for someone else, I feel so much better, just so much better. Because it's like, yes. first of all, you're getting all your own headspace and <laughs> there's nothing better than to give. And I get a lot of free stuff being in this business. And it's like, 
I don't need stuff. I mean, case in point, I can't even wear makeup anyway. I give my, <laughs> I give this expensive makeup to all my friends. They're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Um, but I, I, it's materialism, materialism. I get more from talking to people and gathering information. And I mean, just today, being able to meet you and talk to talk about your podcast and all the leadership that you do in your community and your church and everything else. And, and look at the assumptions that I had. I thought you were, you looked like a machismo Roman Catholic that happened to be an opera singer, big, tough guy. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. So thank you. Well, how can thank we you. support you and what are your future goals? Well, on the one hand, if you, uh, my, my future goal is taking my podcast into a, in, in, into a platform and uh, a multimedia platform that can help, you know, yeah, uh, bring innovation to not only to Latinos, but, you know, everyone in general, you know. And uh, so if you Google Inno Latino, like innovation and Latino, INNO Latino, and see the content out there, that, that'd be great. Um, otherwise, just be nice to people. <laughs> great message, just right there. Yeah. Just it's so simple. Be nice to someone. Yeah. Oh, compliment them. Give them a smile. It's and people are so have come out of isolation, and there's so much depression out there. Yeah. But I think you have a really good leg to stand on because you don't look the part of someone that would be good in, in mental health and or mental health and <laughs> believing it. And the fact that you told that man who with a wife who wouldn't come to church, and you said no, it's a very real thing. Sometimes prayer. Sometimes it needs more than prayer. It's yeah. absolutely wonderful to have faith in a backup prayer, yeah. but that doesn't solve the issue. And we can't expect God to solve every problem either. We so, need to do our part. Absolutely. <laughs> God helps those who help themselves. And that's what I've always learned. Yeah, so, absolutely. Anyway, and always spread and teach people to fish. Don't just <laughs> teach the people to fish. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Um, and again, all of Gonzalo Pena's notes for social media, will be in the in the podcast notes section and that's Ino Latino. Ino Latino and with my <laughs> horrible accent. Um, podcast network. Love it. <laughs> which is based on innovation, leadership and diversity. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Likewise, huh? thank you for having me here. All the best. And that was Gonzalo Pena of the Ino Latino Podcast Network. We appreciate you for listening and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, TunedIn, or at Believe.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Anne McDaniels or at Anne McDaniels Actress. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.